When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. We are officially in the post in the not the postseason sorry i gotta correct myself there the off season off season yes sorry season still going on game seven is for the uh i believe it is the dallas mavericks and phoenix suns is playing while we are recording and the celtics just you know advanced their 37th eastern conference final (laughs) earlier today interesting they beat the milwaukee bucks without chris middleton but guys, we're not here to talk about everybody else. We're here to talk about Sixers. So let's get into that. Yeah, so um, we're here to talk about Game 6. <laughs> not the most entertaining topic. No. Uh, as you all know, Miami won that game. I think most people are aware by now. 99-90, to 90, final score. I don't really feel any need to go through the box score. I think most people listening to this podcast understand the broad strokes of what happened in that game uh lucas when you realized the game was going the direction that it went what what came to your mind what were your thoughts it just i'll be honest i was only like half paying attention for the second half because very early on it just felt like they just didn't have it they didn't have it and it, it wasn't a fight. They just didn't have it. They were missing it, that it factor that Jimmy Butler had, that Draymond Green had. He, like, you know, just that fight, like that pit bull mentality, like that that willingness to keep on going. Joel Embiid was clearly injured, and James Harden showed very much lackluster effort on the defensive end and kind of offensively as well. So, yeah, no, I just – I just – I was like – this is it. God, it's just got to accept it now. Yeah. Uh, Uriah, did you have something you wanted to say? You know I do. So this, I'm going to take you back down memory lane. So yeah. when the fourth quarter was upon us and Miami just got every offensive rebound, they went after every loose ball. They hit every shot that needed to be made to keep the game out of reach. It took me back to the 80s and 90s, late 80s, early 90s. So Charles Barkley had some really good teams, and they ran into a formidable opponent. I don't know, some team like Chicago Bulls with some guy named Michael Jordan. Some guy. Yeah, and for several years – 
three or four to be exact, the Sixers were in a similar position. They had a Hall of Fame player. Yes, Joel Embiid will be in the Hall of Fame. And Charles Barkley had some nice pieces around him, but it just wasn't enough. I guess it was 80, I guess it was 89, 90 or 88, 89. The Sixers lost to, they got swept by the Knicks against a very good mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing led team. So I was like, you know what? You know, they weren't really supposed to be. They're getting their feet wet. So that was kind of like Joel, his first, first or second season in the playoffs. Then every subsequent season, they just couldn't get over the hump. And I saw Barkley playing his heart out, trying to take on Jordan in the East. He got traded, obviously, to Phoenix, but and even lost in Phoenix. But that's how I feel about this this game six, is that I saw Joel Embiid laden with injuries, not his fault at all. He's out there. He's playing his heart out. He's going for every rebound he can. He's, like, got a broken face and – so he's playing his heart out, and he just doesn't have enough help around him. We'll get to Harden later. But when I think about that game six loss, it made me think of how Charles Barkley fought hard and gave his all. He just couldn't get over the hump. And, and unfortunately, that's where Embiid is right now. So, Uriah, let me ask you this. Are you concerned at this point that the Sixers might fail Joel and Joel makes take a similar path to Barkley. Yes. So that was that. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought you were going. At. It's, yes. It is inevitable. I would, if, if DraftKings had something out there right now on it futures, I'd put money on Embiid at some point leaving because for everything he's done for this organization and organization failing him, he deserves an opportunity somewhere else. And quite ironically, that place might be in Miami. Uh, don't, don't, uh, gosh, you know, I actually wrote an article on that like last year, but we're not gonna, we're gonna not speak that negativity into existence. We're not. Chris, what's our other question for this segment? Uh, well, I mean, like, I, I just want to get my two cents in first. Yeah. Chris has um, got to say how he felt. Oh, of course. I felt pretty bad. Not going to lie. It was not a good feeling. Um, I did, you know, I want to give my, I want to commend Shake Milton for being like the only guy who showed some fight. Um, Yeah. Shake. It was kind of. Shake tried to save the day. Shake was playing his tail off. We love you, Shake. That entire fourth quarter. And then everyone else is just kind of standing there and watching him do that. Um, just kind of sad and obviously there's some pretty deep deep issues that this team has to figure out and look inward and fix but um, yeah it wasn't a great feeling in the moment Lucas looking at the game as a whole what what do you think went wrong specifically oh gosh Um, just it just didn't seem – how do I describe this? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong. There's, you can't just point to one thing. But if you're asking me um, what the main thing was, I, I guess you could say it was a lack of execution, lack of execution on the defensive end, on the, re, on the bo- rebounding, lack of execution in terms of running your sets, making sure you don't turn the ball over. 
that's all just a lack of execution. And yeah, you could probably say it's that, but in reality, it's it was a lot of different things. Um, and just the fact that clearly James Harden isn't right and Joel isn't right. And when your two best players aren't right, or arguably first and third best player, depending on how you feel about Maxi, it's just it's not going to go well for you. It's not. And in this game, like, yes, Shake Milton did great, but I'm and Maxi had a really poor efficient shooting night, which and poor turnovers, which is never a good formula for success either. And you know, we could point to the Danny Green injury, which we'll I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute too, but like it's just it's it just everything that like I forget the name of the rule, but the rule, you know, everything that can go wrong will go wrong happened in that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think the James Harden thing, is it's unfortunate. He, I, I kind of think the pendulum has swung a little too far on him as far as where people's opinions are. Like, he was still clearly a very beneficial player for the Sixers overall. He he stunk it up in game six and that that's no bueno. But um yeah, anyone who's like Maxi is better than James Harden right now, I think maybe needs to take a few step back, you know. But uh yeah, I mean the Sixers just didn't have any fight. That I think that's like truthfully that's what everyone's been talking about. And I think it's the truth. They just weren't mentally tough enough to beat this Miami team in the state that they're in. Obviously, the big factor there is that Joel just was not himself in this series. I Sometimes it's as simple as your guy is hurt and you lose a series to a good, well-oiled machine that is healthier than you. Like, sometimes it's that simple. Sometimes we don't really need to, like, make it a big referendum on the franchise as a whole. Like, Embiid was hurt. He was battling multiple injuries. He shot 7 of 24 from the field in Game 7, and he looked beaten down. Like, sometimes that's... You're just not going to win that way, and it sucks, and it's unfortunate. But sometimes that just happens. Um, You know, so... No one really showed up this game. Like, no one had a particularly strong outing other than Shake. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think it, the story of this series is just going to be, A, that Joel got hurt, and we're going to make a really big deal out of James Harden's second half, which is fair. He deserves it to a certain extent. But also, like, I don't know, man. It it happens. He was also really great in game four. You can nitpick halves, but... At the end of the day, Joel just wasn't himself. And I think that's the story of the series, the story of this postseason, this season. Um, when your MVP candidate is battling a torn thumb ligament and a broken face and concussions and, like, diving into the stands and hurting their back, you're probably not going to win a game. You know, it's it's tough. The Heat are a really good team. They're not, like, a perfect team. They're not who I would pick to win the East right now, but... They're a really good team, and they make you pay for mistakes, which the Sixers make a lot of. That's an issue they have to fix, and they're very hard-nosed. They're very mentally tough. They punch you in the mouth, and they can withstand runs. That's not something Philly can do in equal measure. So, 
credit to Miami for being a really good team with one of the best defenses in the world. And really, like, defending the heck out of Joel and James and all that. But also Joel was hurt. So I think that's really what went wrong the whole series and in this game specifically is that one of the five best players on the face of the earth was not playing like it because he was hurt. So let's go back to post-game comments. James Harden said the plan is for him to be here. It doesn't sound like he's trying to get the super max just based off his general comments. Um, you know, he said whatever helps the team. Chris, do we believe him? Is it good for the team if he comes back? And I guess in the matter of which he comes back in terms of contract-wise. Yeah, I mean, do I believe him? Yes. Like, where else is he going to go? Um, he has a team option for next year, so the Sixers can't, like, let him walk. He can, he's going to be back. Is it good for the team? It's not a team option. It's a player option. Yeah, sorry. Player mm-hmm. option. So they, like, literally cannot force him to leave unless it's via trade later next season. Um, is it good for the team? I, I think in context of the situation, like, is it ideal that they traded for James instead of maybe Tyrese Halliburton or Bradley Beal or whoever? Maybe not. We could have that conversation. But given the circumstances that he's on the team right now, and he gave up what she gave up, yeah, it's probably good that he's going to be back. Like, the Sixers were a whole lot better after the Harden trade. Like, Obviously, again, he fell short in Game 6, but Sixers were not getting to Game 6 of the second round, which are well beat up without James Harden. Like, he, he clearly made them a better team. He's still very good at the game of basketball. And frankly, like now that I'm a bit removed from the game, I don't think I'm quite as like panicked and doomstruck as everyone else in the fan base. Like I, I feel generally pretty good about next season, which... Is not normally the stance I take about mm. things with this team, but wow, we're, we're um, gonna definitely discuss that later. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't want to pay James sixty million dollars at the age of thirty-seven. Uh, hopefully, the Sixers can avoid that. It, if he's willing to take less than the max, if he's willing to take like thirty million a year or whatever instead of fifty million, and he's willing to work in whatever ways to allow the Sixers more financial flexibility moving forward, that'd be great. It'd certainly be ideal. I certainly think that would be in standing with where he is as a player right now, because I don't think he's a $60 million player at the moment, but like the Sixers have four really good players atop the roster. And if they can make the bench just a little bit better and stay healthy, they're going to be right back in contention next year, whether they can get over the hump with Doc Rivers whether they need to add some more toughness to the bench, whatever. That's all fair to ask. But, yeah, it's it's good that James will be back because he's a good player and they're better with him. And him just walking to some other team or whatever would not immediately help the Sixers unless there's someone better coming back in return, and that's just not going to happen with how the free agent market looks right now. Yeah, no, that the, those are all fair points. I, I will say that... Um... Bobby Marks and following the uh, Chris Paul outline you said about 30 mil, you could give that to him for four years or five years and make that either 120 or 150 mil, just depending on the amount of years. But like, I think giving him Chris Paul money right now, Chris Paul's 37. James Harden played like he was 37 this past postseason. Um, I, I think that's fair money to give him. <laughs> 
you know, you can agree or disagree on, you know, my take on that, but like, and Amari Stoudemire recently was on a, a lot of the ESP was on the ESPN, you know, route going on all the different shows, a former Nets assistant. He, he made it clear that James Harden was not in shape and did not take care of his body this year. And, as a result of that, you know, we saw what happened when he wasn't like in tip top shape. So maybe hopefully James can get his body into shape and he can become more efficient score. If he's more efficient and taking like 15 shots a game and making like nine or 10 of them a game, eight, nine, 10, you know, like that's going to be really good for the Sixers. Like you don't need him to be a 30 point per game score. You have Joel Embiid, you have Tyrese Maxey, even Tobias Harris. Like, you don't need him to be a 30-point-per-game score, but an efficient 20 to 22-point-per-game score or even 24, like, that that would be ideal, I think, at this point. So I think giving him that money and get, making sure that, you know, giving him the tools and making sure he follows through on those tools of getting into shapes, keeping, you know, doing the small things to keep his body healthy throughout the season is going to be key if the Sixers decide to bring him back. But let's, you mentioned, Chris, you mentioned Doc Rivers. Let's go to him. Doc said in the post game presser that um, he's a great job coaching. No, I, th- I believe the words were excellent job coaching the Sixers. <laughs> do, do we, what, what do we think of the, his self assessment there, Chris? Um, look, um, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Um, like, of course, Doc thinks he did a great job. If we've been listening to him talk all year, we know that he thinks he's just killing it every night. Um, I, I will say, like, on the whole, I really don't think we can blame this particular exit in the second round on Doc. Or at least he's not, like, the forefront. At the Like, like last season, I think there was a case next to Ben that Doc was really the main culprit. I, I don't really think that's the case. I think he generally coached pretty well outside of the DJ stuff when Joel was out, but like when Joel is out again, like you don't, you're, you're, you're screwed screwed. yeah, exactly. Um, like he staggered the stars. He went to Paul Reed behind Joel. Like he generally coached a pretty solid, consistent series and the players just didn't show up. Yeah. Like he, um, you can't, you can't blame his bench, like his bench not performing. That's not on him. Yeah. And, like, Doc teams obviously have a history of lacking mental toughness and not showing up for big games. Like, at some point, you have to have that conversation. And would I maybe prefer a different coach next year, of course? No, that's clearly that's, that, I don't think that's going to happen, Chris. Um, but also, like, that's on the players. It's been going on in Philly for longer than Doc's been here. Like, at some point, Joel has to look inward. I know he felt like garbage this whole series, I'm sure, but, like, it's on the leaders of the team, Joel, Tobias, James, those guys to like look in the mirror themselves and see what's up. Why are we doing this every year? I'm not saying Joel didn't obviously perform as a basketball player this season, but has Joel always been like the greatest leader of men in the world? Probably not. Like I, you know, those are fair things to ask. So I, I think everyone has to look in the mirror, Doc especially. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like he's going to do that, which is unfortunate. But like, like it's not his fault. He he know? did he did take a little bit of blame. I think after game five, he did. 
Yeah, I mean, look. So, so, so there is some self-reflection there. I don't say, I don't think you can say he's not going to take any self-reflection. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, yeah. The Joel injury is really like the main thing hanging over all of this. It's not mm-hmm. like the Sixers were fully healthy and lost. So, no. I, I think that's really the big thing here. I mean, the other thing is not even just Joel's health. I mean, we forget that George's Niang was dealing with a knee injury all postseason and then we had the Danny injury at the ga- at beginning of game six like it's you know it's not just Joel but certainly yeah no it's it's just not a good thing uh, I for Doc Rivers I, I I think excellent is a little bit too much self-gratification there Doc I, I would say you did a good job because if we look at the season as a whole you were able to help navigate this team through the Ben Simmons drama you were pretty decent at incorporating a superstar who has a hard time integrating himself into other people's systems, not named Mike D'Antoni. I mean, outside of his scoring, I think, you know, he played pretty well for you for the most part. Um, so I, 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 and like, like you said, Chris, like he didn't do a bad job coaching, like outside of the DJ stuff in the postseason. like, can you, like he made adjustments against Toronto he made adjustments against Miami. Miami's bench was just deeper. You have like two all-star caliber players or level high level starter players and Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Like, like they should be starting. They're not, but they should be. And that makes Miami dangerous against the Sixers. Anyway, I, I, I think Boston's going to have their way with them, but that's not the point. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he did a good job. I think he did a good job. I think he did better than last year in the postseason. I'm not going to say he's the best coach because, like, obviously if he was, they would still be in the series somehow. But at the end of the day, I, I I don't think we can blame this postseason on Doc. He was given a really crappy hand, and I think he did okay. I respect Doc. And I think he's done a decent job considering all the drama he's had to deal with. But he's also he's also kind of set himself up where he kind of deserves a lot of the criticism, whether it's the Ben Simmons catering to him and, and not trying to break him out of bad basketball habits like shooting the basketball, even though Doc said we don't need him to shoot the basketball. But when we needed him to shoot the basketball last season against Atlanta, he totally froze up. And anyway, I digress. Let me come back to 2022. There's this guy on the bench, and I think Chris mentioned him earlier, um, Shake Milton. Yeah. I'm going to ride the shit. I'm riding the Shake Milton train. I think the guy can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey said it himself. SMU stands for Shake Milton University. Mm-hmm. If you think about Shake Milton, once James Harden got here, he just kind of, I don't know, he, he wasn't having like a lights out season like a lot of people would hope coming off he the was, bench. He was injured and he was working. Right. He's working his way back. But my thing is this. After the All-Star break, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers had every opportunity to give young players an opportunity to get experience, to make their mistakes, so that once playoff time came, all that rust and all that inexperience would be just shaken off. Mm-hmm. And you saw Shake just come in in that game six, and like it was like, here he is to save us again, like last year against Atlanta, but it just wasn't enough. Paul Reed, I feel like 
you know, you look at Twitter, like this guy, he's not the brightest bulb in the chandelier, but the kid wants to contribute. Mm-hmm. And Doc never gave him that shot. So if Doc Rivers was playing chess, which is thinking three to four or five moves ahead, after the All-Star break, instead of putting Millsap in, which was pointless, instead of putting mm-hmm. putting Jordan in, pointless. Didn't even give Caldy Stein a shot, right? Yeah, that was he kind just of wasted that. He wasted that opportunity. So therefore, I don't think Doc did a good job this season, especially getting ready for the playoffs. If I had my druthers, I would bring in someone else. But we know that Maury's like, oh, Doc is our guy. But whatever. I don't yeah, think he did no. a good job. Let me be clear. Doc is not my guy. I, I'm not, like, trying to go to bat uh, for Doc here. Uh-huh. But, like, the reason Philly lost to Miami in particular, they just go beyond Doc. That's not saying Doc helped them a ton. But, again, Jarrell was hurt. Like, that's the big thing. You're just not going to win that uh-huh. series if Jarrell's playing poorly. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, Doc, the Paul Reed, Paul Millsap, DeAndre Jordan thing during the regular season was inexcusable. He's been making questionable choices all year. I I, I don't have confidence that he's going to look in the mirror and make a ton of changes in how he approaches things. Like uh, That's all fair. I, I'm not trying to say Doc should be the head coach next year, but he's going to be, and <laughs> we'll have to go so, from there. You know what so, Doc says so, when he looks in the mirror, Chris? He's like, hey, you did a good job. <laughs> so I have uh... A conspiracy theory here. Uh oh. It has something <laughs> to do with Doc, but not primarily Doc. Okay. Are you guys ready Doc, for this? Doc is playing his way to the Lakers. No, 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 no. That has <laughs> nothing to do with the James Harden stuff. The James this Harden is, stuff. This is James Harden, Daryl Morey, Mike D'Antoni. Bagging the team. James Harden stuff. Uh oh. Here's my theory. When they were all in Houston they realized the organization did not have any more assets to build around James Harden. So they made a secret pact among the three of them that they would find a different team to build around James Harden moving forward. And the first domino was Daryl Morey going to the Sixers. Then the, that, and as soon as Daryl Morey got there, what did he try to do? He tried to j- trade for James Harden. Didn't work out that time, that year. You move forward. Next season, he goes for okay. it again. Time out, time out. He did it again. Time out. And now we're hearing whispers about Tony. Every reliable reporter at the time said that James basically chose Brooklyn. Like, that James wanted Brooklyn. I'm just saying, Chris, are you saying that there isn't something that smells there? Just a little bit? No. Just a little bit? No, right, right. I don't you think they planned up. like some secret meetup to take over the Sixers. Do I think I that Daryl Morey left well, or hired by Philly and then wanted to trade for James, who wanted a trade from Houston because the team wasn't good enough? But yes. now we're hearing whispers about Mike D'Antoni. Like Chris, come on! Like, well, it's, it, it's, it's possible. It's possible. It's possible. You, well, at least not that we know of just because he they said double it down mean. on it though they there's no reason to double down on it like they have if they're gonna fire him in look week. that might have happened but kd i guess was able to talk Harden to coming to brooklyn it didn't work out maury no. think about it daryl maury even i think even though i could be mistaken but even though he was with houston he was doing interviews with spike eskin on the rights to ricky sanchez i'm like why is daryl maury on here it's like 
Is it because he's connected to Sam Hinkie? Possibly, but maybe they, maybe he knew something that nobody else knew that he would eventually make his way to Philadelphia. And they did try to trade Ben Simmons for him last season, but it fell through. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying that it's it's like it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, look, it there could are more be obvious something. It could be nothing, but it could be something. Well, Dan Tony's not even. That Joel's not even Dan Tony's type of Dan player. Dan Tony's going to be the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets in two weeks. So probably, probably. But like, I'm just saying, <laughs> if it happened, I'm just saying. Maybe hey, Maury just, made a pack with Harden. Maybe Maury made a pack. Yeah, may, I could see that for sure. Um, but look, okay, so where we are, okay, so let's get back on course here. Sorry, I had to, I had to get that conspiracy theory out. I had been thinking about it for a few days. Let's get back on track. There were a couple of, uh, how do I say this, romantic comments between about, you know, one of another between James Harden and Joel Embiid, not James Harden, sorry, Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid after game six. Jimmy Butler said, I am proud of him, you know, all that type of stuff. And then Joel Embiid said, I don't know how the blank we let him go. And it was literally bleeped out. So I don't, I, I don't remember exactly what he actually said, but it was, you know, profanity so regardless what 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 do we think about these comments chris um like man i have a deep 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 love for jimmy butler great guy lovely teammate uh clearly joel hang on hang on chris i I gotta pause you right there because in our uh, agenda your eye is literally typing some crazy stuff about potential <laughs> crazy. Your eye is like L O L O L O L O L O L O, and he's like, "I love you. Be my wife. Let's have children together." I'm dying right now. Do you see this, Chris? Do you see this in the yes, agenda? I, I do see it. Hey, you gotta shake it up sometimes, man. You gotta, oh my gosh. And look, you gotta laugh to keep from crying. You have oh, to laugh God. to keep from crying, man. Jimmy and 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 Jimmy. Joel, they belong together. Jimmy said in his post game interview that he wishes he was still Joel's teammate, which is quite yes. the way to twist the knife into every Sixer fan on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. Is that tampering? Is that considered tampering? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no. I'm, I mean, no. I, I don't yes. have any issue with it. Yes, <laughs> yes, that is tampering. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I still. I still like Jimmy. It's not his fault. Just from all the reporting we've seen, it doesn't seem like it's really, at the end of the day, like we can blame him for leaving Philly or that it was the wrong choice or anything. We can blame Brett Brown and Ben Simmons. Apparently, it's not Brand's fault, first (laughs) and foremost, and Brett Brown and all those guys. But, yeah, I mean, they're friends. Good for them. It's important to have friends. Um, Glad they're, you know... They still like each other so much. Unfortunate that Jimmy's not in Philly anymore. Uh, but Embiid is like pretty much under contract through the rest of the time at this point. I, I, I don't think we really have to worry about him going to Miami. Knock on wood. I just drinks it. So he's going to be in a heat uniform next year. But um, yeah, it's nice. Good for them. I'm happy for him. Gosh, don't jinx it, Chris. Um <laughs> I look and wood though, so that should hopefully, hopefully, yeah. That's uh, look, they're best. They're pretty much like best friends. 
like they're pretty much like the two dudes on a uh, community. Chris, I'm I'm sure you know the show, uh, Childish Gambino, and like I forget the other dude's name, but like you know they're they're like those two dudes basically, but like you know the cooler version of those guys. Um, at the end of the day, look, they're like they're always gonna be having each other's backs and like even when joel like knocked jimmy to the ground joel was the one that picked him up during i think it was game five or six i forget which but it was one of those like hard fouls that joel took on jimmy (laughs) and what is it uri what's so funny listen everyone's got it wrong joel is so i guess what's the word i'm looking for Remember, his basketball years in terms of growth, he's so far behind everyone. He's still – he's clamoring for attention. He's, he wants acceptance. Jimmy Butler was the first player he ever played with that had a set of cojones that commanded his respect. So, like, literally, Jimmy has him in the palm of his hand, and he, can, he manipulates Joel. If he loved him so much – the way that he comes out in the media, why didn't he stay? Think about that. I think he is. Oh, I, I think he's toying he with. Did. He no, wait, he's toying with Joel. He he's controlling him. He's manipulating him, and I think it's uh, wrong. Come know, on, I man. I think. I it's mean, like, just because you text someone doesn't mean that you really have their best interest. Look, look. At the end of the day, yeah, Jimmy probably is like low key trying to get Joel to come to Miami. It probably won't work. Knock on wood. But, like, at the end of the day, it, Jimmy left for two reasons. One, he did not like Brett Brown. He had made that clear. The other reason is because they chose to build around Ben Simmons, which at the time seemed like the right idea. Ben was younger. He had a you know, higher ceiling, all that stuff. We all talked ourselves into it when it happened. Well, I don't know about you, Uri, because I don't think you were you with the website at this point. I honestly don't remember. I don't yeah, think I was, you were. I think it was. Were you? Okay. I think it was. Any, any, anyway, my my point being is that at the end of the day, Jimmy left because the Sixers didn't fit his culture, like Joel did, but the Sixers as a whole didn't. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy yeah. talked about this on JJ Reddick's podcast. Yeah, exactly. He didn't right. know who was in charge. The Sixers management was a mess at that time. No one, clearly, no one respected Brett Brown enough. And it just wasn't a good environment inside the organization. And that's probably why he left, first and foremost. Also, Philly, just from the looks of it, just didn't want to pay him. Philly clearly disrespected him on a certain level. And that played a factor in it, too. And they went off and they signed Al Horford, and now we're Listen, where we're at. All so. I'm saying is Jimmy Butler is very effusive with his love towards Joel Embiid. It's really it's really uncomfortable. And a lot of sports fans on, on sports radio in Philadelphia – actually, you know, I take that back. A lot of the hosts, and they, have, they had some good perspective, they felt uncomfortable with it. About how much love that Joel was showing, Joel, uh, Joel was showing Butler. It's been years, guys. It's been years, and he's still like thinking about this. Nah, it's I mean, cool, it's, man. 
And this is, is the first it? time they met in a playoff series too, since the whole entire incident. I, I, I to me, that's that's a sign of weakness. If I mean, if you're trying, listen, Michael Jordan and, and Isaiah Thomas and all these guys back in the day, they they respect each other, but they also hated each other. They're not like, oh, like let's, you know, I love well, you, man. You're my best friend. Like, come on. Man. As much as we would it's like, not like think, I'll take that, it easy on him. That, he did like commit a flagrant foul on Jimmy, like. It's that was an accident, like, though. He didn't mean. To I know, that. but like, yeah. it's not like he wasn't going up to contest hard or anything, you know. Yeah, he was playing his, his hard out. Issue. Yeah, like yeah. I said, Butler wants him in Miami. Don't be surprised if he. What if, if Joel wants him, him back in Philly? What if he's manipulating Jimmy? Come on, that's is Im- that is like impossible. That well, is that is impossible. Listen, listen to me here, real quick. If James Harden wears out his welcome. And Jimmy Butler's on his slight decline. There, he Jimmy's on the supermax. You could trade James Harden for Jimmy. That could what? work. In I'm what universe that. would that ever um, happen? Jimmy would never. Jimmy doesn't want to come back here. Um, I'm just saying. Look at the the Dallas Phoenix score, by the way. No, I have Dallas what is it? Seven to twenty-seven. Dallas. What? <laughs> oh my! CP three. He's like zero and six in the past. Seven Guys, games, okay, closeout games, get eliminated in this next round. What? Look, what if Suns get eliminated? I mean, it's it's almost happened at this point. Like, hey, Luca, Luca, Magic, baby, Luca. Man, think about we got an Western Conference Finals with both Luca and Steph Curry. How fantastic is that? That that and you know the thing is that's a toss up series in my opinion. I love it. That, Shake it up. I'd love to see somebody know in the finals. What if, what if Luca makes it to the NBA finals and then Good you have him. Celtics yeah, versus he's a star? The kid is a yeah. star, man. The kid's a star. Like it, anything's possible at this point. Anything's possible. Um, well, let's get back to the podcast now. Last thing before we move on, Jimmy Butler yelled going into the locker uh, their locker room, uh, the away team locker room. Uh, they Tobias Harris over me, which we all know is <sighs> we know Jimmy doesn't believe that. We know why it wasn't because of Tobias Harris, it was because of Ben Simmons. Okay, mm-hmm. but clearly, he did that to plant a seed for mm-hmm. well Embiid, mm-hmm. or just uh, it could also be like a whole entire self hype thing, too, because Jimmy, uh-huh. Butler does that. but yeah, I, I think it's it, it was strategic. It was strategic. What I really want to hear Chris's opinion. I know how you feel, Luke. Yeah. Look, man, I don't know. It's like, it's good trash talk. I don't know if it has to be much more than that. Um, Like, clearly, they didn't, it wasn't between Tobias or Jimmy. That was not the decision that was made. We all know that. It's just not the dynamic at play there. Um, I don't think it's like some secret seed to get you out of Miami or anything but <laughs> yeah it's just good trash talk it's kind of rude to Tobias but hey you know all's fair in love and war yeah. um yeah man like Jimmy's a pretty funny guy and he also clearly has a very high opinion of himself so that's where you get jokes like that I I, I have no problem with it again it's I'm sure Tobias might have a problem with it, but it's, maybe it's extra it's motivation for Tobias. Who knows? Look, it could be motivation for Jimmy 
Like these guys need extra, like like Michael Jordan needs to make they, up stuff, they need, right? Yeah, they, I think Jimmy's they probably just something. giving himself something. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's one uh-huh. aspect. It can be that Lucas, but it can also fifty percent be. I know Joel's going to hear this, and he's still teammates with with Tobias, and management, quote unquote, wanted him over me, even though we know it was really Ben. They were it was like they wanted to keep Ben. But what was the point of that? Jimmy's so strategic. He's smart. He knows that the media was going to pick up on that. He could have said that at any point, but he yelled it out loud in the tunnel before he made that left-hand turn to go back into the locker room, and he Mm -hmm. knows that people are going to talk about it, and he knows it's going to get back to Joel. So I think it's a seed. It's been planted, and we'll see what happens next. So two things. One, quickly going back to that Phoenix game, Booker, Aiden, and Paul are one of 15 from the field. Yeah. Say that again. They are one of 13. Hang on. on, Let me do the math here real quick. Yeah. One of 15. And Paul have only made one shot together. No. Booker, Paul, and Aiden have only made one (laughs) shot together. I guess it's not so so bad being a Sixers fan. (laughs) Yeah. If that's your Phoenix team. Um, the, The other thing that I will say is you know what it reminded me of, guys? Kirk Cousins going into the locker room saying, you like that. Do you guys Kirk remember Cousins. that? Who is that? Football guy? Yeah, yeah. He was the quarterback for Washington. Now he's on the Vikings. See, that's why we never heard of that. Because uh, <laughs> nobody watches the, the Washington football team. Uh, they're not I'm the sorry. Washington football team anymore, sir. They are Commanders. the commanders. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Exactly. Uh huh. Very mature. Very uh, mature. Let's okay. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Whoosh. Let's hand out some grades, Lucas. I'm gonna go down the list here. We're gonna start with the bench. Mm-hmm. Paul Reed, A plus or A in your opinion? <laughs> I'll give him a B plus. I'll give him a B plus. A minus. A minus. <laughs> B plus. Give him B plus. I think. Um, I think there yeah. were still moments where he had, you know, like his foul problems and just bonehead decisions, you know, not maybe taking a little bit too much liberty, ball handling here or there, not making the right read. But overall, I think he did great. <laughs> Good one. The right read. Yeah, I, hey, you know what? I, I, that was unintentional, but I'll uh, be. Um, yeah, I'm, look, I'm not putting any serious thought or analysis into this. I'm going to give him an A and we can move on to DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Lucas, F or F minus? F minus. F minus. Actually, no. You know what? I am going to give him a little grace. Um, I'm going to give him a D minus. I'm going to give him a D minus because, you know, he had moments that he was okay. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll give him a D minus. I'll be nice. Um, Yeah. He he had a couple nice lobs. I I tend to pride myself on being a nice person, so I'll give him an F plus. Uh, Let's move to Furkan. Lucas, what's his grade? Uh, like a D plus. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't like. There was really not a Corkmaz moment in the playoffs. Yeah, and yeah. Um, what about Shake? I'll give him a. I'll give him a C plus. I think he was average throughout the playoffs until last game, where he was probably could have gotten like an A. So you know, either like a C plus or a B minus, something around there. I think. Yeah, I think B minus is a good spot if we're just doing the playoffs because he was, yeah. like, frankly, their best reserve. I, I I like how Uriah left 
Matisse Thibel off the list. Like, we're not going to talk about him. I, oh, I I'll, I'll there, Uriah. I'll add him right we're now. We're going to talk about him. Um, let's go to Niang first, though. George Niang, what's his grade for the playoffs, Lucas? Uh, he's going to have to get an F. Uh, he, he, he's, he, he won too many games where he won O of whatever. And I get that yeah. he's injured, and but like he was, a, he was exposed so much defensively, and I know part of that is his injury. But like, if you're injured and you can't make shots and you're not a defender, you are a negative. You 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 you're almost as bad as DJ. Like seriously, yeah. I'm gonna have yeah. to give him an F. Like I don't like doing it because he was our best reserve in the regular season. But like. What did he do in the playoffs for us, Chris? Yeah, no, that's fair. He was really bad. Um, I'm not going to give him a lower grade than DJ, though, so I'm going to go D-. minus. Um, let's talk about Matisse, Lucas. Oh, gosh. This, this is, is a tough crazy. one. This is a tough is one. Tough? Yeah, you know what? I'll give him a C-, because I think he had some really good... He had some really good defensive, like... Like, there are some highlights defensively that you could point back to from this playoffs especially like after the first two games in Miami, like after that, he had some really good moments here and there, but overall, you know, the offensively he's, he's a big negative. There's no denying that he has to figure it out shot wise. He, he has to, he has to, he has to be able to ma- at least make corner threes on a regular basis. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll so, give him a uh, D for defense. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Starters. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay. Yes. Let's put this in perspective. No oh boy. Here we go. No. <laughs> when Harden got here in February. We're talking about playoffs. No, no, talking- lay- no, it it's a progression, Lucas. It's a progression. Oh my god. There's a reason why I'm bringing up February. Okay. So from February until April when the regular season ended, Matisse Thibel's numbers increased across the board. Points per game shooting percentage, two-point and three-point shooting percentage. His defensive numbers are probably the same. Let me ask you this. One, No, let me finish. One bad decision, and when I say bad decision, I mean something that impacted the team. It's his personal Mm -hmm. choice. If he didn't want to get the second shot, that's on him, whatever. But we know the aftermath. The thing is, had we not played Toronto in the first round, this wouldn't even be a thing. And I almost guarantee that his play would not have been as erratic because he would have played in whatever six, seven games against Toronto, and it would have carried over. Any confidence or any momentum that he had from Harden joining the Sixers in the regular season just abruptly ended because he had the weight of the world, a public opinion, his teammates looking at him. And you know what? They have the right to look at him like, yo, man, we got the shot. Why didn't you get it? So he made that choice. He doesn't regret it. But I believe that Matisse Thibel, had he – Play, let's say we played Brooklyn in the first round. Let's say we played Atlanta in the first round. He would have had a, a good series, decent series, mm. and it would have carried over into Miami. The fact that he missed games in Toronto. You can't play in the playoffs when you have nothing to give offensively. I think it's that simple. And, and you're right. The you other missed the point. You missed the point. Chris, you missed the point of progression. He was playing fine up until the playoffs when he couldn't he was play a bad against Toronto. Player in the regular season. Okay. Oh, so forty-five percent when Gart Harden got here. That's that's good. That's not good three-point shooting. 
That's not good three point shooting. He's a good three point shooter. Do we honestly watch Matisse and think he's did, a consistent? Did, when when Harden got here, did he or did he not get better as a three point shooter, Chris? Yes or can no? I ever, can I? No, 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 Chris. Quick. Yes or no? Did he get better? Did his percentages go up? You gave the numbers. There you go. Did, but there you go. I rest my case, Your Honor. When the defense dares you to shoot because you have zero touch and no confidence, are you going to carry those numbers into the playoffs? Clearly not. He You're not, Your Honor. We call our next witness. His name is Lucas Johnson. Lucas. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna like what I'm gonna say, Uriah. Go All for right. it. Look, while his percentages did go up in the regular se- season after Harden came, look at his attempts. They went down. Yeah. What? Yeah. When Harden what? got what? here. Yeah. Check after All Star game, his attempts went from two a game to about one and a half per game. Check. <sighs> but his like, two point percentage, he he got more looks. He's his his that's scoring that's, average went up. But, but we're li- absolutely he got yeah. like more cuts to the rim and stuff. But in the playoffs, <laughs> when defenses are keyed in and you're not playing Charlotte every other night and you're playing Miami, the best defense maybe in the NBA next to Boston, you can't get away with being as bad as by the, he is by the time they got to Miami, Chris, his confidence was shot. And I'm not giving him a pass. It was on him because he made the decision ultimately that halted any momentum or progress oh, that he made. But I don't. I'm think just it's saying. A confidence thing. I think it's. A, oh, he's it a was. Bad shooter. Listen, man. He's I was never at, shot well in the playoffs. Chris, I was at two playoff games. No, three. And it was you could tell like he just didn't want that ball in his hands. He he just when you have eighteen thousand people like ready to boo you at the drop of a dime. It affects you. It, it affected him. It's not like he's some NBA veteran who's been been around the block. He's still trying to make a name for himself. In my you know opinion. the same argument that you're making for Matisse Leibel, something very similar that some people yeah. make Where for was this, like, for, who? for who for who for Ben? Yeah. Oh, Mister Mister Max, the guy making thirty three million a year. He better make his damn foul shots. <laughs> oh, we got it. We got it, Your uh, Chris. We got him to cuss. We got him to That's cuss. That's not a cuss word. Damn, is not a cuss it, word. It kind of is. I could cuss, but I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, Matisse wasn't even that good on defense in the Miami series. Like Jimmy, you're right. To the ringer, Matisse gave them nothing. He's like by far their worst bench player. It's like it's just what it is. Oh, you can call it. Uh, I would give him a bad grade for the playoffs. I'm just saying there's a reason why. And if you understand why, maybe well, no, he wasn't that good in the regular season either is what I'm saying. I, Matisse did not have some great spectacular regular season on the offensive side of the ball. It's, it's an issue in the playoffs. If you cannot shoot, which Thibel, he he's willing to take a few each game, but he's not a good shooter. And the defense is going to give up that shot whenever he wants it. It's an issue. He we're going to talk. Do we're going to talk all season about whether or not to keep him or whatever. And yeah, because he's yeah. exception eligible. Yeah. All right, Chris. Let's go to the next group. Uh, okay, let's start with Tobias. Tobias, I would give Tobias like a B plus. Yeah, I agree. He's probably I think the most he, consistent player. I uh, yeah, I'd say the most consistent, the best, def- the best perimeter defender for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, he play made, he rebounded, like he did everything you asked him to. Yeah, he didn't have great scoring nights sometimes, but like when you have those other three, you just kind of need him to hit his shots. And for the most part, he did. He might have had like one or two bad games, but overall, like he he was he he's become a really good glue guy, really good like role player. Like this is the Matisse that this group needs, and I, I was all for it. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, Danny Green. Uh, when he was on, he was on. When he was off, he was off. I'll give him a C plus. Um, I mean, I think Danny was frankly on more than he was off in the playoffs. Like, I thought Danny had a pretty good run there. Um, like it, he had a couple of off nights, but he also had some huge nights. Like game four, was it game four or three that he basically it was, won it was, by himself? I think it was game three. Um, like that, they only won that game because of Danny shooting yeah. the heck out of the ball. So maybe I, maybe I, B minus. I'll he give was him. also right next to Tobias as like their most reliable defender on the perimeter. So I yeah, I give him like a B plus. I think he's on like the Tobias level of giving yeah. him more than we expected. Uh-huh. I, I'll give him B minus. All right, B plus from me, Tyrese Maxey. Oh gosh, this is a tough one because he had some really high highs, and then he he kind of I'm not gonna say he got exposed, but his youth was showing for sure. Um, I'm gonna give him an A minus. I'm gonna give him an A minus. Could he have been A-? better? A minus. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. For, for the playoffs. Um, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm. I get it. He's young, and he has tons of room to get better. And no one can reasonably expect like super consistent playoff level basketball from a 21 year old who's playing his first season of real minutes. I, I'm not like down on Tyrese or anything, but he had a lot of really rough nights, especially in that Miami series. Some bad turnovers. I mean, I think like CC plus is more the range for where he performed. All right. Let's look at his playoff numbers as a whole. Guys, let's look at his playoff numbers as a whole. 20 points, uh, almost 21 points on 48, 37 shooting and 94 shooting. Sorry. That's at least a B. That's at least a B, Chris. Yeah. And like, 3.5 3.5 assists, 3.9, uh, no, 3.9 assists, and 1.8 turnovers. Uh, that, that, uh, and you know what? He was really important in the, yeah, he had some down times in the Miami series. Fair enough. But he was also very essential in the Toronto series. And he was essential yeah. in a couple of, uh, in the couple okay. wins that the Sixers had in the Miami yeah, series. I'll give so. him a B. That's fine. I, I I I might downgrade to a B plus, but like, guy was fantastic as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah, he played in 12 playoff games last year too, but think about it. He averaged 6.3 points in those playoff games last year. Now he's averaging 20, almost 21. Yeah, like, of course. In the broader context of things, Max, he's a like like a, in a revelation. So and like still thirty seven percent from three in a playoff series is pretty fantastic. Yeah, honestly. For sure. Um. Yeah. B plus. About, I don't know how to grade Joel. Uh, that's a tough. That's one. a tough one. Yeah. Um. You know what? I, I'm going to give him a plus for effort because he never robbed us of effort. Yeah. I. I mean, like if we're just grading it in a vacuum compared to his normal level of play, he'd get like a D. But mm-hmm. obviously he was hurt. So it's you're right, like A plus for effort. As far as actual performance, it's not a very good grade, but it's mm-hmm. not really his fault. Um in those first three games prior to his injury, he was playing at an MVP level, correct? Yeah. Okay, that's all we need to know. Yeah, I think it's unfair to grade him like hold his injury at games against him 
Yeah, it's, After, it's like an NTI. Yeah. We just don't really know. Yeah. Um. Okay. This We're is a good end on James Harden. Uh, again, this is for the entire playoffs, not just Game Six. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm thinking about it because he had two really good games: Game Six against the Raptors and Game Four against the Heat. Right? Two really good games. Can't deny that. I'm going to give him a B minus. Wow. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of trending towards the point where I'm gonna. It's gonna be like the Ben Simmons thing, where I'm the only guy who will like defend James Harden against the broader. Like, it seems like we're heading in that direction with where what people are saying about. James. Look, I'm not saying that he played bad. But it's B plus. No, B minus yeah, is still say like C plus. I. Again, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a harsh grader. Like I, I put out some grades for the season the other day, and I felt Look, like he had two A plus performances, and the rest were C's, maybe like yeah. one or two D's. So that's why I'm going to give him a B. Relative to expectations, like a C plus or a B minus, like he didn't play up to what Philly needed out of him, quote no. unquote, or expected out of him with mm-hmm. Joel injured. Now. Was it ever reasonable to expect that much out of him with Joel injured? No. Um, he like again, James is still really good, and he the Sixers were a whole lot better after they got him. I I, I think mm-hmm. people are, who are like taking it a little too far in certain corners of the Twitter sphere. Look, he's still an all all star level player, even at this level, right? Can we, Uri, Do you agree? Even at this level, James Harden's an all star level player. Come on, man. Anybody that can get you 20 points and 10 assists is an all-star. He is still okay, an yeah. all-star. Okay, yeah. So, like, yeah, he's an all-star. He's just not a superstar. Right. We don't know if we'll ever see that superstar again. Now, this all-star needs to be more efficient for the Sixers to be successful. There's no denying that. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like – if he was more efficient, he could possibly take more shots. But like, yeah. And again, this, this... it circles back to like Miami's defense. Look at Trey Young's numbers in the Miami yeah. series. I saw you. Like yeah, thirty percent shooting. That's mm-hmm. a good point. James straight up outplayed Trey Young in the playoffs. Like, I never thought and... that 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 was remarkable. Trey Young is an assassin, and they put him mm-hmm. in his place. And here's the thing: you could argue that in the first round. The Raptors have a tougher defense to play against versus Miami because they have bigger play wings that can get stay in front of Harden too. So I think Harden really did struggle. And here's the other thing that we have to consider, guys. James Harden came in after the all-star break. He had like 22 games to try to get used to the system, yep. get it, make sure his body yeah. was in shape. Guys, Phoenix is down by 40 now. Is this he is really 40? Wow. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Listen, Chris Paul. Chris Paul is going to have to take a huge bite of humble pie because they were talking smack about Luca. And good for Luca, man. Look, I'm, I'm happy. Are, the trio, the big three in Phoenix, they, Aiden, Paul, and Booker are three of 19. That is, this might be worse than the Houston meltdown. Booker had a field, field goal in this game. Remember when Houston shot like 0 for 28 yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that a couple years ago? Chris, I think you need to eat, eat a piece of humble pie, owning up that Jason Kidd is actually a good coach. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's had a good season. Um, <laughs> he didn't say good coach. He said good season. <laughs> I, I, I raised my hand I'm over here. I'm mad at 
Jason Kidd the coach. I raised my hand over here. Um, I raised my hand that I thought Jason Kidd should have been the Sixers coach, but yeah, you did. You did. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, look, James Harden, if he has a good off season, gets healthy, gets the right dietitians, does the right things. We've seen James Harden get into the gym. We've seen like skinny Harden back in Houston. It's possible. I think it can happen again. Is he going to be scoring 30 plus a night for the Sixers next year? Probably not. Cause we still have Joel and Maxi, but like, if you can give you efficient 20 to 24 night, like, yes, absolutely. I think it's possible. And the like clearly his if you saw him shooting in the playoffs, you saw that his the lift on each one of his sh- jump shots or drives were inconsistent. That's just not healthy, either hamstring or just overall just not in shape. Hopefully we get that back. Yeah, like like so, I said earlier, I I feel pretty good about next season in the off season in general. I mm-hmm. like the Danny Green thing sucks, and we'll see how Philly can maneuver that just from like a roster management standpoint, but yeah, I, I really, and I, I will definitely talk about that. Sure. Um, yeah. I like your piece, by the way, uh, for those that don't know, Chris recently published a, uh, should they say yay or nay on returning from their own free agents? It's a really good piece. It's on the website. Please check it out. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was a good one. I thanks. liked it. Um, but yeah, look, they still have Joel Embiid, top mm-hmm. five player in the NBA. James Harden is going to get a full off season to get more comfortable with where his body's at now to get back in the gym and have a proper summer of training, which he hasn't had in two years. Tyrese Maxey's a top 10 player. Smartest, under- yeah. Still one of the smartest players on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Maxey is 21 years old. One of the top hardest 10 workers. Under 25 player. I would say right now, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't top have 10 under 25. Think about it. Under 25, there's a pretty big group of players. Um, but Maxie's gonna I'm get gonna better. I'm gonna that article now. Sorry, go ahead. Maxie's gonna get better. Tobias mm-hmm. Harris just finished playing the best stretch of basketball in his career. He understands best his role. Basketball now. of Tobias Harris's career. Their top four can go against anyone in the East. The core four. I trust Daryl in general. The DJ stuff was rough, but I have faith in Daryl Morey as like a ge- general manager. In, we need in, to- theory we'll see what happens with like do they trade tobias and clear up cap space or go for someone else we'll see but i i don't think they should i don't okay this is gonna be crazy thought but unless like an elite like forward becomes available i wouldn't trade tobias harris because i don't think you need another guard well yeah i mean like you well, don't need a exactly, for a guard. You, you don't need i like honestly i wouldn't go after bradley beal like, I I think unless like a l- elite forward, you know, all star level forward becomes available, like a legit like three or four, not like a three two or uh two, like it has to be a four, three or four, you don't get rid of Tobias Harris because I think this core four works. I honestly think they do. Yeah, I, I, I let's make it a t shirt. Let's talk to fans. Game, so. We must listen. Okay. Uh, to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Sixer Sense podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow along if you can. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Sixer Sense. And 
you know, the com. read our work, read the work of our wonderful contributors who are putting out great stuff every day. We, we really hope you check it out and we'll be back later this week to talk more Sixers, to get a hold of this off season and to maybe talk about this Dallas and Phoenix game because it's pretty funny. Um, Dallas is down 38. No, Phoenix is down 38 points. Yeah. Uh, not a good look for the Suns. So we'll be back later this week, y'all. Have a good one. Peace out. Go Sixers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.